Welcome to the Two Top Podcast, the weekly podcast where we go over different topics in the world. I'm your host, Thomas Lance, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Berg. How's it going? You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated on the latest episodes. Now let's dive right into this week's episode of Two Top. Welcome to the Two Top Podcast. We are back and we're podcasting as always. As always, as in every week. Every week. Every week. We try. We do our best sometimes. But that's fine. All you need to know is that we have topics and you listen to the topics. That's kind of almost uh, very dictatorial of me. I, I apologize. <laughs> we post, you listen. That's I mean, the way it goes. You don't have to listen, but I, I'm telling you, we got good topics. And Matt, today I have a topic for you. Hit me with it. Uh, Podcast me. You know what you, you have in your phone and on your computer and in your watch, maybe, or in your car? And cat pictures? No, not cat pictures. Okay, yeah, keep going. But you have batteries. Yeah, yeah, lithium, lithium ion batteries. You have lithium yes. ion <laughs> batteries, but that's not the only type of battery out there. Oh, there's a lot of batteries, right? You have your classic alkaline battery in your... But also you have your nickel uh, metal hydride battery and your lithium ion battery and even a lithium polymer battery now, which is actually probably what's in your phone. And there's talks about Apple creating a lithium ceramic battery that would last. Who knows? You could go ceramic. It has to be better. (laughs) Well, there's talks that this battery wouldn't be. I have to remember to charge my phone at night. I just have to remember to charge my phone at least once during the week. But. Let's talk about how batteries work. Do you know how a battery works? No, I can't. Let me. I I do, but I can't explain it. Okay, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you. So, a battery is made up of two major components. You have your anode and your cathode. Okay. Yes. Now, the anode is the negative part, and that's normally made of zinc, and that's the bottom of your classic triple AAA, double AA, the flat part. Your Duracell battery. Exactly. And the cathode is the positive, which is made out of a magnesium dioxide that has a carbon rod running through it, and that's on the little nub. Now That's you, your positive nub. That is your positive nub. <laughs> so there's an electrolyte within the battery that reacts to the zinc, and through this reaction, it causes free electrons to show up. Now, by putting your battery in your calculator, your controller, your mouse, your toy you got on Christmas... The circuit is completed. Yeah, I was going to say you complete the circuit. It's just plugging in that that in-between part. Yep, and the negative electrons from the bottom of the battery go all the way through the device and then go into the cathode. Now, this is a chemical process, and that is why alkaline batteries cannot be charged because it chemically changes the inside of the battery. Now, you could try to put the alkaline battery in a charger but who knows what would happen explosions may ensue actually it's very not good and some deadly gases can battery acid is very poisonous it is now what's funny is these alkaline batteries are rather cheap to make zinc is readily available uh magnesium dioxide is actually for the amount needed is quite plentiful so batteries of alkaline nature can be cheap in a sense, compared to other batteries like lithium ion and nickel, the these nickel hydride. But talking about charging your batteries, that's where your NIHM batteries, your nickel metal hydride batteries. 
Now, these are the batteries that you get and you can charge in your wall, like your double A's, your triple A's, even nine volt batteries. And they are made of a similar, similar concept of electrons moving from one part going through a system and coming out. But the different materials let the chemical process to be reversed, therefore charging the battery. And to anybody out there who has these batteries, I actually learned something about charging them. You should really let them run completely dry. Because if you charge them halfway, like you charge your phone when it's halfway empty, it will actually mess with the battery's um, usage times. Because a battery is, an, a full battery, say a full battery lasts for 10 minutes. And then when it's empty, it knows it's like, well, I will fill up to 10 minutes. Uh, that's how much I fill up to. But through the chemical process, if you charge it halfway through, it might get an imbalance of the old and new electrons. And this imbalance can cause, well, Less shorter power. battery life. Yeah. Now, that's our nickel hydride. And sometimes you need something a little bit more powerful, something that you can recharge and use, but... Sadly, they don't come in our standard AA, AAA, CD, 9-volt battery, and that's lithium-ion batteries. Now, lithium-ion batteries, they come in all shapes, forms, and sizes. You can find them in the bottom of a Tesla. You can find them in planes. You can find them in your phones, your laptops. And they're more stable, and they follow a similar chemical process, but they hold a lot more charge, and they can be recharged over time but similarly they end up getting less and less energy as time goes on and they're actually very dangerous a lithium-ion battery has as samsung has learned the opportunity the exploding to explode note. yeah <laughs> yes and that's actually why a lot of times phone uh lithium-ion batteries are not allowed on planes depending on the battery but also that is why you can't mail lithium-ion products most of the time through postage because it's a hazard now the whole reason i wanted to research this is because i wanted to find out what's the difference between triple a double a c d batteries like the nine volt batteries and i was kind of disappointed on <laughs> what me, i found tell me. this is interesting i want to know too there's when it comes to capacity there's no the capacity is the only difference really all AAA, AA, C, D batteries, they all run on 1.5 volts. This is why you've heard, well, if you don't have any uh, AA batteries, stick a AAA in there with some aluminum foil to finish the gap, and it will work just fine. it's the same output. It's just a different size. It's just a different size. So the name is just referring to the size. Yeah, which is and kind of... And they can charge you more. Well, I guess some hold more than others, but... Which then gets frustrating because why does my calculator take four... AAA batteries instead of four AA batteries because it's too big, maybe. Now, two, nine volt batteries, batteries. Huh. can you guess what they what makes them different? They output nine volts. Yeah, they're obviously. nine volts. Yeah, and that's one of the, the bigger outputs for sure. So it's kind of disappointing having, I had this great idea of, well, what if AAA, it's like a different voltage than a AA, and that would make sense why they have to be different. But from what it sounds like, if you need a bunch of C batteries, which are the biggest, you might be able to just get away with some double A's if you jerry-rig them all together. Yeah, which we don't recommend doing. No, actually. we don't recommend that's, it at that's all. That's kind of dangerous. But 
I mean, you could. But then again, nowadays, what devices really need batteries? I feel like everything nowadays... Removable batteries. Removable batteries. I feel like everything has batteries built in. The only thing I can think of is my old Apple mouse and my old Apple keyboard, which now you can buy an Apple mouse that you charge. And I'm pretty sure a keyboard that is also chargeable. Yeah, you plug in a lightning cable, same as your iPhone. I will say, since we're on the topic of that new lightning cable Apple mouse, who <laughs> I was I was just gonna on say the design team who in the world thought we should make it plug in from the bottom. The worst design so that when ever. it's charging, no one can use it. Instead of I don't know, like every other cal- every other uh, mouse known to mankind that would put it on the front, they decide to put it on the bottom. I feel like they're just trolling trolling the public. Uh, Apple, <laughs> that's Apple the does, absolute worst design ever. It is, and you know what? Apple does what Apple thinks is right in their eyes. Like, but I think everyone can agree that's just the most messed up thing ever. Absolutely. What, it's, what's no, the explanation for that? No one sees that as like that's a good idea. But I mean, it it went through some system. It got accepted by somehow, somewhere, some way. Some man was like, yeah, let's put it, let's put it on the bottom. And you know what? I'm not buying it. Especially since a lot of times the old technology works just as fine. So I'll just buy the old stuff. That works perfectly for me. But are we seeing a trend to move everything towards batteries? I mean, look at cars. You have electric cars now. Tesla is such a big provider of this lithium-ion battery. and Their view of batteries are more efficient. Well, not efficient, but more green. Mm-hmm. Electricity is green and compared to gasoline. Ooh, that's a good catchphrase. More green compared to gasoline. More green compared to gasoline. And I just want to say lithium is a resource, though, that is, is limited in, in production. It's so that's li- another thing to consider. It's limited if you don't live in Russia or China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're, yeah. They have large lithium deposits. And that's, I think... I remember we talked about the graphene. Lithium is another mineral out there that money is everybody wants lithium. Everybody's buying lithium. Yeah. Phone any anybody making technology wants to buy lithium to make batteries. And I mean understandable. But maybe this this argument of we might run out of oil it might become we might run out of lithium. And then that becomes the big debate of the future. What will what will store our power? Or maybe we won't have to store our power. Maybe we'll go back to Tesla's idea of worldwide power distributed through AC, AC towers located in major cities that just provide power for everything. Nikola Tesla, honestly, was one of the greatest inventors and one of the greatest visionaries. And it's sad to not see all these great inventions he had. he I would say he's similar to like the Michelangelo of modern day electricity. He could have created so much more. Well, he envisioned a lot of things that are becoming reality today. I mean, well, that's why Elon Musk stuck to his name as the, as the company name for, for Tesla. It's know? because they know, Tesla knew what was going to happen years before it did. I wonder who is the equivalent of a Nikolai Tesla in 
today's term. Who is Elon? Is Elon Musk? I mean, I mean, he took on the Tesla name. Elon Musk, I think, would be the closest to it. That's, yeah, but he's he's a wild dude as well, making his cars, but also he just does so much. Wait, yeah, I just want to say, who knows half of what he's actually doing behind the scenes? You have space travel, you have cars, you have solar powered tiles, but you know what's interesting? I mean. Maybe in the past five years, everyone's like, oh, it'd be so cool to work for Google. I mean, there was even a movie about interns going to test out for Google and try to work for like a super cool company. You never hear anyone talking about, I want to go work for Tesla. Do you hear anyone say that? Well, that's what I think that's what all the engineers. Do you have to, do you have to be smarter to go work for Tesla? Is that the idea? Maybe. I think engineers. It's not as mainstream. Engineers want Tesla. Computer scientists want anybody into computers wants Google. I'll tell you, in my one engineering course I just finished today, we couldn't go a single class without talking about Tesla just because it was re- relevant to every mechanical They have their foot in every door process. Right Absolutely. And understandably so. I mean, if you're going to be the forefront of battery power and battery storage, you're going to show up in a lot of people's eyes. Because tes- those batteries, are those Tesla lithium-ion batteries can be used for other things they don't need to just be put in cars so i think the future will be these batteries and they all started with the simple alkaline battery but i mean i can promise you in the future you're not going to go up to your car open up the trunk and just start filling it with double a's but that's why i have on the <laughs> just invest in, in in alkaline batteries now yeah but just <laughs> buy them while they're hot my mom actually just picked up, she, I saw this huge pack of 40 double A's at home. And I'm like, where'd you get that? And how expensive was it? And she was like $10 at Costco. And I'm like, $10? A few years ago, that would have been worth like $40, you know? I mean, Costco, yeah, you're getting the bulk wholesale discount. But still, batteries were pretty expensive. Those batteries are, batteries. I think batteries are expensive in small quantities. True. Yeah, they, they charge you a premium. at a, If you want four, obviously, you should just go with the 20 pack. You're going to save money. Yeah, because... But, I want to say when Radio Shack was going out of business, I raided that place. And part of what I did get was batteries, alkaline batteries, because I was like, well, you know what? They're, they're so cheap. $5 for like 20 of them. I was disappointed. I really tried to snag some good deals from Radio Shack, but I think I think everything that I would find interesting was gone by the time I showed up to raid, raid yeah. its shelves. Those who knew, knew. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, that's a battery for you. What do you got? I want to talk about a little piece of technology, kind of a rudimentary piece of technology that I just discovered today. I was like, what the heck is this? And this is like, you know, curiosity gets the better of you. You got to go check it out. So I was walking in the hallway. I just finished a test and I see this little metal bar on the wall. And I'm like, what what the heck is that? And it, it looks like a kind of triangular shape, geometric bar hanging off the wall really really weird like i don't even know how to describe it and it said uh latham watchman station i'm like watchman station i was like hmm and it had it looked like it was old cast iron and it looked like it was from over 100 years ago i was like what the heck is this what building is this this was um in anderson and anderson is not an old old building i mean it's not old it's not new what would you say that architecture is from wait what decade uh i know for a fact it's more than 30 years old i was gonna say 70s it's probably 70s 
Yeah. It looks kind of 70s. I don't know. You're the expert. Yeah, it's probably 70s. Well, because actually I've talked to a couple uh, alumni from from Temple, and one alumni I talked to, he graduated like 50 years, not 50, like 40 years ago. And when he graduated, uh, the architecture build, no, the um, engineering building was brand new. So I'm going to put it around that period of time. So like probably the 70s. Mm-hmm. So I guess this this little bar was obviously new when they built the building, right? You would yeah. think. They wouldn't stick an old form of technology in there. No. At least I don't think so. So I'm thinking, what, what the heck is this thing? So it turns out this is part of a watchman's clock. Do you know what a watchman's clock is? Uh, is a watchman's clock like the neighborhood watch? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it has to do with, it, with like a watch, you know, like a night watch. So what the heck is a watchman's clock in station? So a watch clock is a mechanical clock used by security guards as part of their guard tour patrol system, which required regular patrols. It's kind of like a scheduled system for making sure security guards patrolled certain areas at certain times. Hmm. Which is something really fascinating because I guess at Temple, yeah, we have tons of security here. But Ally Barton, what a gang. Yeah, One right. day I'll do a podcast on you guys and I'll find out your dirt. <laughs> not not very good at their job, are they? No, judging by the fact that they sleep. But that's eat our, they eat our food and complain and Yeah. That's anyway, fine. That's another, yeah. So between nineteen ten and nineteen forty it was actually a piece of new technology to see that a night watchman was do, properly doing his night rounds. Um so, like, by definition, a watchman was on the job when everyone else was asleep. So how do we know they're actually doing their job rather than sleeping, you know? Because there's no one to put watch on a watchman, right? <laughs> that sounds yeah, silly. Yeah. So, theoretically, it was possible for them to kind of slack off. However, if the guard could prove he was doing his, his kind of night circuit and he was in the right place at the right time, his job performance could be monitored, you know? Yeah, that's good. What was it, what was it called again? A watch clock. A watch clock. Are you trying to look at what it looks like? Yeah, I have no clue what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so there's the clock and then there's the watch station. They're two separate parts, and I came across the watch station. That's just a clock. Time out, real they're quick. Just, they're just like clocks and watches. What's it look like? Do you have a picture? Uh, no, I don't. Look up. Um, it's one word watch clock. Or Detex is one of the brands. You're getting closer. That leather thing. Detex watch clutch. Yeah, there it is. Like yeah, this? See that thing with the key on it? That's, yeah. That's what I came across. Oh, was, okay. You can probably find them in a lot I of will, buildings. I will put a picture of this or a link to it. I'll put a picture of it in our on our website so you guys can check this out. But that's an Anderson. Where's the... I, I'm going to At hunt the, the end of the hallway right, be, right before the stairs doors. I'm, gonna I'm hunt, sure there's one on every floor. Yeah, I'm going to hunt these things down now. I don't, don't, doesn't it look ancient? It looks kind of like a really... It looks like something from the 60s, 40s. Yeah, I was going to say 30s even, you know, like early early 1900s. This is wild. Yeah, and I, I had no idea what it was. And I should have touched it because, as I learned, there's a key inside of it. It's like a little sleeve, and there's a key that's chained to it which I'll explain why there's a key in a minute. I just, it baffled me. I was like, what the heck is that? So I just Googled the name and then it took me to this cool article. What the heck is this? And I was like, that's exactly what I'm thinking because other people come across them also. And especially someone my age, you are my age, are like, it's completely irrelevant. If I were to see that, I'd probably 
I'd probably do what you did. I'd look it up, but other people would just walk right by. It's like, what, what is this? This doesn't apply to me. Or there's just some metal things sticking out of the wall that I'm probably going to walk into because I'm not paying attention. So watch clocks often had a paper or light cardboard disc or uh, paper tape placed inside for a set period of time, usually uh, 24 hours for the disc models or 96 hours for um, the clocks that had tape in it. The user would carry the clock to each checkpoint where a numbered key was mounted. Um, typically, it's chained in place like you can see in those pictures, ensuring that the user was present. Uh, the key was then inserted into the clock, turned, and it would imprint the disc with the key number. The paper disc or tape had the times pre-printed and the key impressed the key number on the corresponding time. After the shift or specified time period, an authorized person usually like the, the boss or supervisor, would unlock the watch clock and retrieve the disc or tape and insert a new one. In the case of the DTEX brand clocks, each time the covers opened or closed, a mechanical device would puncture the disc or tape at the current time. If a disc had more than two perforations on it, it proved that the clock had been opened and like tampered with, or the records were kind of forged for a night watchman to kind of fake it. What a cool piece of technology. So obviously with the advent of modern technology and, and video surveillance, it's, it's a completely obsolete form of technology. You know that? Yeah, it's something that wouldn't be used now. It wouldn't be ah. used. It's a super, it's kind of like a steampunk looking thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. What do they go for? Uh, on eBay, you can buy you can buy one for like 15 bucks, one of the watches, and then someone's selling two of the stations for 10 bucks. You can get your own night night watch. Pay well, someone. I'm curious because I want to see this. Um, I want to see this clock. I think it's interesting that there um are like set times you have to go to each thing. That could. What if a burglar learned the times <laughs> that you're supposed to punch in? You know, it, so when they would be able to steal something. It's such a. It's it's such a rudimentary piece of technology, but it does such an important tax and so well that you'd almost think it's futuristic for its time. I thought it was interesting that it was in Anderson, even though Anderson's less than 50 years old, right? Yeah, actually, I have no clue now. Um, I feel like we need to look up some more, but I think it's good stuff. It's good history to find out stuff like this this is the stuff i like this is why i love podcasts because you some information podcasts this is where you find out the weird stuff so i'm very glad you brought this object to our table rumor has it this was from the 30s to like the 70s so it might be a 50s era thing or like a 60s era thing oh here we go um Likewise, Anderson Gladfelter Halls were dedicated to Lord Gladfelter, 1961. 1961, that would fall in the time of the uh, DTEX. Wait a minute, hold on. Another example of this trend, Johnson Hall. Well, Johnson Hall says 1961. Likewise, 41 to 59. Okay, I'm guessing, so it's older than we think it is. Interesting. Yeah, I can't find an exact year. I just think it's in interesting that these uh, these watch clocks, at least the station that I found, I didn't touch it or anything because it kind of scared. I thought it was like some haunted piece of who knows what. I wonder. I wonder if the key's still in there. I wonder if the keys because they're supposed to be chained in there, and I wonder what was when was the last time it was used. 
That's you know, there's probably question. some history to it. And the one article I read online was really, really unique. It was kind of written like a narrative, like, you know, they always said the the guard, the night guard always walked with a heavy footstep or whatever, but that was probably a result of a really heavy watch clock in his pocket or something, and he's just trying to pay the bills, you know, with his with his wage or whatever by getting his punched in times waiting out the night it was like a real interesting thing to read and so i love it old school thing i love it also it's so people don't slack during the job they invented this whole system so people don't slack off it was enough of a problem that they needed to invent something what's the equivalent today uh uh, security cameras maybe yeah i guess i mean but as you can see from our experience our security guards around this area that we live they kind of slack off all the time. They're always on phones, right? <laughs> I think it's the comp. I think it's this company, but that's that's as I said, that's a whole conversation for a whole another day. This episode, because go ahead. <laughs> I want to do a deep research into Allied Barton because they're they're nationwide, worldwide, and I think they have a monopoly on like ordered security, institutional security type. Institutional, but also national. I know nothing about the company. I didn't know they were global. I, I did a little digging. but <laughs> Because you were frustrated? Well, because I was frustrated, but also because something didn't make sense. I saw them everywhere, and I saw them in buildings that weren't just school buildings. And you never see another security agency, so it must be a monopoly on security. So I have to do some digging. Yeah, that's very interesting. This episode reminds me of... Uh, the alarm clock episode where I yes. did that to, as a topic yes. kind of like a person would come around in the morning and knock, you know, it's kind <clears> of that same idea of a job on the off hours. That's really important, but it's good stuff. I love, I love old tech and this is definitely something old and forgotten. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good sign wave. That's fine. I have to edit out a lot of the dead time in this episode. Well, do you have anything else? That's it for today. I hope I taught you something. You did. And I'm currently staring at a, a D-Tex watch clock on eBay debating whether or not I get <laughs> do one Do you of need these. it? I don't. It's a cool artifact. For it's sure. a cool artifact. And it's cool how it's leather and metal. I feel like eBay's cheating. I have to go find one at an old antique shop sitting around on a shelf. That would be cool. Well, I think that's what we have for this week's episode. And we have more to come in the coming weeks now that we're free from Freedom. the shackles of our textbooks finals. And, yeah. So maybe we'll see some guests coming up. I know we have some things maybe lined up for you guys. So keep your heads up. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram for any more announcements. And then also leave us a review on, in- on uh, iTunes if you haven't already. But that's this week's episode of Two Top. Yeah, thanks for listening. See you guys next time. See ya. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. Music this episode comes from Lee Rosever, and our outro music is created by our lovely host, Matt Berg. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. We are a weekly produced podcast. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. That's the number two, dotpodcast.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.